Welcome to the Vialdon podcast for Tuesday, June 16th. S&P futures are rallying about 30 points. That is about 1%. The major European indices are up about 23 to 2.6%, and Asia was very strong across the board. So just going back to on to Monday morning where futures were down very big, the future, S&P futures on Monday had a, an enormous trough-to-peak rally of about 5%, so a huge rebound rally. That rally started in the morning, continued throughout the day, and it, you know, a lot, a lot of it took place before the Fed announcement at two o'clock p.m. That just turbocharged it to the upside. So that U.S. rebound rally on Monday is obviously continuing overnight into international markets, and then the futures are extending their gains. Um, the big macro headline over the last twelve to eighteen hours was that Fed announcement at two o'clock. Um, you know, I take great issue with it. They did make a tweak to one of the requirements about it. Um, so this is the Fed's corporate bond buying facility. Previously, there had been a provision that companies would have to self-certify themselves. So essentially, companies would have to sign themselves up to be eligible to have their bonds purchased. That was a concern to many, given that that sort of attached a, sig- a stigma to that the SMCCF in that if companies were to self-certify themselves, it could signal to the market that there was some type of financial difficulty. So they are removing that provision. The Fed will now simply buy bonds in the market. Um, However, all that being said, this Fed announcement yesterday at two o'clock really was a reiteration of something they have been saying for several, several weeks as far as their intent to activate these facilities, their intent to go into the markets and begin buying corporate bonds. Um, I think the reaction yesterday was overdone. I think the reaction again this morning is overdone. A lot of the headlines discussing that announcement um, are framing it as some type of a new piece of policy on the part of the Fed that's, that's very inaccurate. Um, that SMCCF was probably the single most important um, action the Fed took going back to March. But a lot of its work has been done. If you look at the reaction of bond markets since the Fed made that announcement in late March, the, obviously bond markets have had an extraordinary rebound and issuance has been off the charts. Corporates are on track to issue as much debt in all of 2019 um, so far in 2020 and the year is not even halfway over. So you've obviously seen an enormous improvement already. And that news, like I said yesterday at two o'clock, was very much um, you know, almost almost a marketing announcement as far as just highlighting things the Fed has already done. So um, again, I think that's very overdone. The other big piece of macro news hit overnight on Bloomberg talking about how the White House is preparing a one trillion dollar infrastructure spending proposal. Um Infrastructure spending headlines seem to hit every couple of weeks or months. They get people excited for a brief period of time, and then people kind of dig into the details and the reality in Washington and the fiscal dynamics of the country, and the hopes fade. So I don't think this will be any different. Um, I do not see both sides of the aisle agreeing to this big infrastructure proposal at the time being. They've already expended an enormous amount of money responding to COVID. You have a fifth fiscal stimulus bill upcoming. Um, you still have to take care of a lot of these consumer payments that are due to run off. You have a large fiscal cliff. State and local governments require a ton of money um, or else you're going to start to see them implement steep spending cuts. And that will be a further drag in the economy. You have pushback from Republicans in Congress about deficits. Um, so I just don't see where the money comes from this fiscal infrastructure push. You know, I certainly think you're going to see a lot of headlines. This is something Trump has talked about since before the election. Um, and again, it comes up frequently as far as a key initiative of the White House. And it is a key initiative, and I'm sure they will propose something. Um, I just I just don't see anything getting um, passed. So, you know, just going back to last week, we had a, you know, we have, we obviously had a sell-off Tuesday, Wednesday, and then clearly on Thursday, we rebounded uh, Friday, we rebounded yesterday, and then we're rallying again today. 
Um, you know, I don't think the move that sell off is really done yet. I still think that you want to fill that whole post May 18th Moderna gap where that again, that's a Monday morning, May 18th, Moderna put out a vaccine announcement that kicked off this huge melt up rally that had a lot of people chasing and piling in a lot of re- a lot of people who were cautious, skeptical on fundamentals. Um, but were nevertheless forced into the market uh, for performance reasons, and then, and to a lesser extent, responding to all the stimulus announcements, I still think you want to see that gap fully reversed. And then also, again, I still think a 163 number and an 18 times multiple; those are good yardsticks as far as approximating fair value, and that is down around 2,900. So I want the S&P to go below 2,900. I would like to see this behavior of responding to recycled news come to an end. That would just suggest that there are um, you know, there's there's kind of just a healthier mentality with regards to the market and the news. The fact that there is this, uh, you know, enormous response to a piece of recycled Fed news just strikes me as suggesting that there's still too much kind of froth chasing, et cetera, in the market. Um, so that's the big macro backdrop for today. There were some negative geopolitical headlines out. The North Korea stuff just strikes me as being noise more than anything else. Um, I don't think markets need to really worry about it. So they're threatening to put troops into the DMZ. Um, I, I, I don't think they're going to actually do that. And then they blew up one, a, a, um, a facility that's on their side of the DMZ that has been used to kind of negotiate with South, South, South Korea. Um, you know, so again, I think the North Korea is, is, is goes in the noise category for the time being the China India headlines are more significant. So there have been, um, border skirmishes between those two countries now for the last month, a couple of months, um, three Indian soldiers were killed following a clash with Chinese soldiers that occurred a couple of hours ago. That is something that's more significant. That's something to watch, although markets really are not paying much attention to it so far this morning. On the company-specific front, there wasn't too much to talk about. Lennar earnings were pretty strong overnight. They made positive qualitative commentary. SKT, which is a retail REIT in the US, made positive commentary about sales trends at their shopping centers. And then TUI, which is a European holiday company, made um, positive remarks about bookings trends. Although, again, on, on all the holiday travel stuff, you know, you've had a lot of companies make encouraging remarks about about linearity and and month on month, week on week trends. Um, but again, the year on year declines are still enormous. Nothing uh, all that incremental in economic data front. The BOJ decision was very much consistent with expectations. Nothing too surprising there. Um, on the COVID front. You know, markets, I think, are a lot calmer about what's occurring in the world than um, the media would suggest. So I think in the U.S., you clearly are seeing a change in the distribution of cases where you are seeing spikes in states like Arizona, Florida, Texas. Um, but that's being offset elsewhere, especially in the New York tri-state area. So the national numbers are staying relatively consistent. It's just a shift in the distribution. Um, I, so I think the markets will be most sensitive to the New York tri-state area. If you see a reversal in the New York tri-state area and cases start to tick higher again on a sustained basis, that is definitely something that will weigh on the market. Um, uh, you know, otherwise, though, I think you know, you're going to see a relatively calm reaction. And you are not, on a, especially on a federal level, um, as well as in a lot of the big states, you're really seeing um, you know, no reversal in terms of the reopening. It seems like politicians are going to continue with the reopening process um, and attempt to manage the health fallout. Beijing is still struggling to contain the recent outbreak um, from the food market that that first came up over the weekend. You're and you're continuing to see um, you're continuing to see case figures rise, although in aggregate the numbers are still relatively small. 
Um, you know, so you're not really seeing necessarily a huge explosion in case figures out of China. Um, so those are the major themes and trends for this morning. Um, on the calendar for today, you have Powell's testimony before uh, the Senate. Um, again, the Fed is, has released a ton of information and commentary materials over the last week. So you had the meeting, obviously, last Wednesday, the press conference last Wednesday, and then a huge monetary policy report on Friday. I doubt you're really going to see a lot of incremental news. I think it's more going to be, um, you know, a lot of reiteration of the of policies and actions the Fed already has in place. You know, given the reaction you're seeing to that corporate bond announcement from two o'clock yesterday, clearly the market can be sensitive if Powell were to reiterate actions that the Fed is already taking. Um, I just don't think you're going to see a lot of actual real incremental news. And then after the close, you have Oracle earnings. That's really kind of the only major company specific news scheduled for today. So that is everything for Tuesday. Thank you for listening.